Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Before we begin, a quick warning. Today's episode contains descriptions of death, and execution right from the start. There are lots of ways to suffocate. Drowning, hanging, choking, strangulation. And now, in America, they're experimenting with a whole new method. Nitrogen gas. Using nitrogen to cause suffocation is considered such a cruel way to die that vets in America are advised not to use it to put down pets. But now, the American state of Alabama is going to try it on a human. Alabama is adopting a method of execution that's never been used in history. Kenneth Smith was sentenced to death following a murder-for-hire plot back in 1988. Mr. Smith will be forced to breathe pure nitrogen, and uh, without oxygen, his cells and soon his organs will fail. How cruel and unusual is it? Well, we just don't know. This is pretty much an experiment for them. People are not used for experiments. The execution is going ahead next Thursday, on the 25th of January. So why is Alabama experimenting with novel and potentially cruel ways of killing inmates? And who is Kenneth Smith, the man they've chosen to experiment on? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the death row guinea pig America's first nitrogen execution. I'm Alastair Dover, I'm the Washington correspondent at The Times and The Sunday Times, and my job is to write not just about Washington and what goes on in American politics, but also what happens across the rest of the US from politics to diplomacy, but also to life in America. And Alistair, one of the things you've looked at, one of the aspects of life in America, is the death penalty, in particular as it it involves uh, a character called Kenny Smith. Now, just tell us a bit about him. Who is Kenny Smith? Kenneth Eugene Smith, or or Kenny, as uh, he's known to his his family, is a 58-year-old man who, uh, as a 22-year-old, was convicted of murder. 
Uh, and since then, he has been in the same prison, the Holman Correctional Center in southern Alabama, where he spent most of his life, more than 30 years on death row. And November 2022, he had a date for his execution. It was botched by the state and he became one of the very few people to have survived an execution. Wow. And Alistair, you've actually been in touch with this man. Tell me a bit about that. That's right. So he now has a new date for an execution, the, the 25th of January, and he's going to be put to death in a, in a very novel way. He's going to be made to breathe in pure nitrogen. And as you say, I, I've been in touch with him and I've also met and spoken to members of his family as well, who, who still live in Alabama, still live in the town where the murder took place in 1988. Tell me about meeting his family. Where did you meet and what was that like? Because presumably for them, just as for him, this is something that's been going on for 30 years now and they've lived in the shadow of it. So I I met uh, a number of members of Kenny's family in a town called Florence, which is in northern Alabama, uh, just on the the Tennessee border. And we met at a Red Lobster restaurant. Thanks ever so much for meeting. And I know it's a very difficult time. It's a chain of, 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 of seafood restaurants. Uh, here in the US, where his son Stephen works, and there were, there were about sort of eight family members there as well. Everybody always talks about red lobster biscuits. Oh, yeah. 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 See, this isn't a biscuit in my view, but a southern looking biscuit. So, his mother, uh, Linda, who of, of all the members of the family is the most quiet and most reflective, I think is really struggling. But I also met his wife, Diana, and, and, and Diana's interesting because they only met seven years ago. While he was on death row? While he was on death row. Diana, Diana's quite a bit younger. I think she's in her late 30s. And as I say, they married They married only seven years ago. We just kind of have our own thing, I guess. Uh-huh. So, because of the distance, um, I mean, we do live on the phone. We talk about anything and everything um, and play games together. We read, we meditate together, we pray together. I mean, And she is a, a highly intelligent, very eloquent woman who has really taken Kenny's case uh, under her wing. And so together they, they describe the, the impact it's, it's having on, on them. I mean, they, Florence is, is a long way from the Holman Correction Centre where Kenny's being held. It's about a five and a half hour drive. So they don't really get to see him that often. And what about the man himself? What's, what's Kenny like? He is very eloquent. He's intelligent. Uh, he's bright. I, I was struck and have been struck by how calm he is. By his own admission, he had battles in his early 20s with, with drugs and with alcohol. He's someone who says has found religion. He is very thoughtful. And as anyone, I think, in his situation, he's also terrified about what might be happening in the, in the coming weeks. I can imagine. And Alistair, as you said, you know, this is a man in a very rare position of already having survived execution. Just tell us a bit about that. This is the state of Alabama have already tried to kill him once. What exactly happened? On the night of the 17th of November 2022, he was shackled. He was taken into what's known as the death chamber and strapped to a gurney. I don't know if you've seen the execution chamber in Alabama. I haven't. The table is basically looks like a crucifix, and the light above the table is a big cross, and he had to sit there and wait to meet his maker, he thought. His arms were spread out, uh, and his sleeves rolled up. He was prepared for his execution, and the the process began. They, They managed to get a line 
an ultravenous line into his left arm. You need an ultravenous li- uh, line into your right arm as well. The the people uh, performing that task, trying to get the, the line into his arm, couldn't get a, a find a vein. Uh, it was then decided that they would try and uh, get a line in through his uh, through a vein in his neck. Um, he said he was repeatedly stabbed by by a large needle as they attempted to do that. And when that failed, they attempted to get the line in through his through his feet. Uh, he says that at, that at one point he looked at the clock and it was it was eleven forty five and the death warrant expired at, at midnight. So he said, "I just need to survive long enough, another fifteen minutes, so that this comes to an end." And he describes it as being very painful. And he said at one point, one of the people trying to administer the the, the, the line into his right arm asked him to clench his fist so that his vein would become more pronounced. And at that point, he said, "Well." You know, I've been a model prisoner for, for more than 30 years. I've never been in any trouble. I've never been in any, involved in any violence. But I am I'm absolutely not going to help them kill me. I'm not going to be an actor in my own, my own execution. And at, uh, at midnight, the, the effort to, to insert the line in various parts of his body was brought to an end. He was taken off the gurney and, and was taken back to his cell. But of course, at that point, all his clothes, all his belongings, they'd already been boxed up and, and sent out of the prison with the expectation he, he wouldn't be coming back. I mean, that's extraordinary to have gone through that whole experience to have, you know, presumably had your last meal, prepared yourself for what's coming and then at the last minute not to happen. And that must be very traumatic for his family, too, who presumably were, 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 were watching all of this. Well, his family were in a, in a hotel nearby and they were told that they would be invited into the, the viewing area, if you like. I went home that day. It was early. Yeah. And then I was back home by six o'clock which was when it was supposed to start it's all very macabre but it's the way it works they're, they're, they're taken into an adjacent room that has a window with a curtain across that window and once all the lines are in in place and once he's strapped down to the gurney that that curtain is then drawn back and, and they are, are able to witness his his last moments and they of course never got the call to come and I said, it's a computer, like I said, till 12, constantly looking and refreshing, seeing what, every what, bit of what? information. Refreshing what? You... Refreshing the computer, like, uh, you know, searching for the latest news. On oh, I see. What's going yeah, on yeah. with the execution like, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. They got very worried that they weren't going to be there at the moment. But of course, it turned out that their panic, and I think they were quite panicked, was misplaced because the, 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 execution, the execution wasn't going ahead. I suppose to understand the entire case for Kenny Smith and, and his, his time on death row, you have to understand why he's there. So just take us back a bit. Tell us why he's on death row, who he killed and, and what happened. So as a 22-year-old, I think it's fair to say that Kenny was a bit of a tearaway. He was paid $1,000, as was his friend, John Forrest Parker, to murder the wife of a pastor. The pastor uh, was a guy called Charles Sennett who had taken out a life insurance policy on his wife's life, uh, Elizabeth Senate. He was a pastor in a town called Sheffield, which is just next door to Florence. And one afternoon, Kenny Smith and, and John Forrest Parker broke into the house when only Elizabeth Parker was there. They made it look like a robbery, as they'd been asked to do. And in the course of that, they beat her to death. Now, the police wow. soon cottoned on to the fact that Charles Senate was involved in some way. It's alleged that he had had several affairs, but the, the life insurance policy was needed because he was in debt, and he killed himself a week later. When the police 
started asking questions. Kenny was was arrested, as was John Forrest Parker, and they were both put on trial for first-degree murder in Alabama. The jury found both men guilty of murder in the first degree. John Forrest Parker, Kenny's accomplice, who's also paid $1,000, uh, he was executed in 2010. He, he, they, they, their cases are, are, are separated when they when they get sent to prison. They both got separate dates, and, and John Forrest Parker exhausted his appeal, and he was executed almost 14 years ago. So Kenny is the only person left of, of, of the whole of the whole sorry saga. And Alistair, this is 30 years down the line. Why does it take so long, and and why is it that the accomplice was killed a whole 14 years ago? The legal system in America grinds very, very slowly. It's not unusual to have people on death row for, for several decades, especially if there are legal complications in the case. Obviously, there are appeals to be heard, and the cases move at different times. So that leaves Kenny Smith still on death row, awaiting this new execution, potentially next week. What went wrong the first time round? I mean, surely the staff they use must be trained to find a vein. How did the first execution fail? So many of these go by without there being a hitch at all. We only write about the ones that go wrong. And often these people are quite old and quite wizened and they, they, they're, they're smokers or they, they've eaten crap food all their lives. And there's a medical reason why you know they can't get there. But I, just, I, I honestly think it's probably just incompetence and nervousness on the part of the people carrying this thing, these things out. Not, so doctors can't do it, right? If you're taking your Hippocratic Oath, you can't kill someone. So they are, they're medical orderlies. They're not always the best people, these guys. And then when it doesn't happen the first time, it's like, oh, shit, we can't find it. And it, it becomes a sort of panic thing, especially in that environment. It's not someone having a, an injection in a hospital. It's, it's in a death chamber. It's, I, if you imagine, like, it's, it's hot. You're in southern Alabama. You know, you're trying to stick a needle to someone in a death chamber who's strapped to a gurney. Maybe they're struggling. I imagine it's quite fresh and quite fraught. So Kenny Smith is still on death row. They've attempted to kill him once. It didn't work. What happens now? Well, the state has decided that because it failed in its attempt to kill him by lethal injection, it is now going to attempt an entirely new, novel and untested method of capital punishment. A lot of the details have been redacted in court cases uh, and in legal papers, but we think they're going to try and attach a, an airtight mask to Kenny's face and make him breathe pure nitrogen. Much of the air around us is, is made up of nitrogen, but the oxygen makes it breathable. He'll be made to breathe pure nitrogen, which is a, a, a method called nitrogen hypoxia, and will suffocate. The states say it's perfectly safe. He'll, he'll essentially fall to sleep and eventually the, the, the nitrogen will, will kill him. His lawyers say otherwise. They say it's fraught with danger, not just to, to Kenny Smith. I mean, if the, the mask isn't entirely airtight, they, they say they're concerned about the people administering the, the nitrogen. I mean, I understand that not even vets use this. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. They won't yeah. put an animal down that way. Correct. They, uh, vets yeah. won't put right. your dog down that way. It's deemed they, inhumane for, yeah. for like... That's a little cruel and unusual in itself. There have been a number of high-profile cases like Kenny's where executions by lethal injection have been botched. Um, many of the pharmaceutical firms that supply the drugs have decided that it's not something that they necessarily want to be associated with. So many of the drugs that are used are becoming more scarce. 
and many have been looking at alternatives. We've had some states considering the reintroduction of, 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 of shooting by firing squad, for example. But Alabama insists that this is a fair, humane, and simple way of of doing what it says is justice. Uh, the, the, the Secretary of State of Alabama, who it must be said has refused several approaches by by the Times to get comment on what the plans are, they insist that Kenny has been on death row far too long, and every day that he, he remains there is a day that justice goes uh, goes unserved. Why is it that they're using this over, say, the electric chair? I mean, w- wouldn't that be a, a possibility? I don't think there's any uh, method of execution that is seen is seen as particularly humane. I think the electric chair is seen as something that's quite violent, as is things like the gas chamber and then, and then shooting by firing squad. I think one of the things with the lethal injection, it was it was seen almost as a sort of clinical procedure. And I think possibly nitrogen is the same. I mean, it's, it's been sold very much by the, the Attorney General's office in, uh, in Alabama as a, as, a, as a way of almost putting the prisoner to sleep. But of course... It's not absolutely clear how they can prove that. And as I say, they, this is the first time it will have ever been tried. Well, how many chances do you get? I mean, how many new protocols do you have to go through? I mean, you shouldn't get a new method every time one fails. Right. That's, not, that's not justice. Coming up, could there be a last-minute reprieve for Kenneth Smith? That's in just a moment. And just a quick reminder, if you are a Time subscriber, you can now access our bonus podcasts every weekend on Apple Podcasts. They take you inside the newsroom for a little behind-the-scenes peek at how The Times is put together. If you want to have a listen and you don't know how, just log on to thetimes.co.uk forward slash bonus podcasts. For Kenny, who's now facing this alternative way of being killed, 
what what can he do? Is he fighting it? So the, his lawyers appealed on the 20th of December, saying that the method of nitrogen hypoxia was a cruel and unusual punishment, which is unlawful under the American Constitution. They say it could lead to a violent death where he did choke on his own vomit. They ultimately want the death penalty to be reversed and for him to be given a sentence of life without parole. Now, obviously, the state of Alabama fought that and the court has come out uh, on the side of the state. So as things stand on the 25th of January, Kenny's execution will go ahead by nitrogen hypoxia. But that's not the end of the legal process. His lawyers can, can appeal all the way up to the US Supreme Court. And I think it's, 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 it's possible, if not necessarily likely, that the US Supreme Court will hear Kenny's case because of the, the novel way in which the state's trying to trying to execute him. But it, as with, with many of these cases, uh, it could go right down to the wire. Uh, in November 22, um, there were appeals being heard by various courts, even as Kenny was in the, the death chamber. This is so fascinatingly different to the British system. I mean, I was really struck by the idea that the American Constitution allows for the death penalty, but doesn't want it to be too painful. In terms of the it's way... But in terms of the way it plays out now, if Kenny does win one of those appeals that is going through, would it be a total stay of execution or would it just mean that they couldn't kill him in this particular way and it would just sort of go on until they came up with another way of doing it? It's highly likely, I think, that the state of Alabama will appeal any decision to postpone the execution or to change the method. There's a majority in Alabama that favours the death penalty in all the public. It's popular in Alabama. So if a court, all the way up to the US Supreme Court, says that, that, that making him breathe pure nitrogen is, is, is unconstitutional, then I think that uh, they will try another method. Alistair, stepping back, how many states are still, still use the death penalty and how many people are on death row? There are 24, so just under half of the American states that still have uh, the death penalty. And uh, another three uh, have the death penalty, but because... Governor, the sitting governors won't sign the death warrants on, on moral grounds. There's effectively a moratorium uh, on, uh, on capital punishment. It's something that is increasingly less popular with, with American voters. And we've seen over time more and more states cancelling death penalty or banning it or, or, or no longer implementing it. There are about 2,500 prisoners across the states on death row. And executions are fairly regular occurrences. You know, typically you're talking about maybe two or three each month across the US. Now, in pretty much every case, the lethal injection used, and often it goes off without a hitch, but there are some cases where it hasn't worked particularly well, and I think Kenny's is, is the most sort of now infamous of those. Yeah. Just give us a, a, a brief history lesson here. I mean, how long has America had the death penalty, and did it used to, did it used to apply across the country? Yeah, um, and, and, and still does to an extent. You, you, there's still a federal death penalty. So obviously, Kenny's being tried or was tried under Alabama state law, but where there are still capital crimes on the on the federal statute book. So there is a sort of nationwide death penalty, although certainly under Joe Biden, it's never been implemented. The death penalty has existed in the state since the states came into being 250 years ago or so, and was, was used widely in pretty much every state. And over time, a number of states, particularly those where the Democrats have been in power, have, have written the... Um, the death penalty out of state constitutions, but in parts of the country, particularly in the South, particularly in states where there is a Republican majority, it continues to be continues to be implemented, continues to be used. 
And you mentioned that across the country, nationally, it's much less popular now. Mm. But in Alabama, there's still a lot of support for it. Why is that? The southern states tend to be more religious. They tend to have an evangelical element to them and have a perhaps a more literal interpretation of mm. some of the religious texts of the Bible. I mean, the idea of an eye for an eye is something that's uh, is very, very popular. Some of these were often, in the past, frontier states where they tended to be slightly lawless. And I think, historically, the death penalty was 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 used widely as a, as a way of, of, of maintaining law and order. If Kenny does lose all of his appeals and this execution goes ahead, would you... Would you go and watch? Um, I uh, it, there, there are a limited number of media slots, if you like, to put it, to put it crudely, and they are usually taken by local media uh, and the Associated Press, which is the sort of the, the newswire of record in the US. Um, so I don't think I'd be invited to. I would go to Alabama for for the event. I think it's a story that I've worked on for for, for quite some time. Um, I've never met um, Kenny Smith. I've had communication with it, but I've never met Kenny Smith. How would you feel if he is executed? I I don't know. I I didn't know Kenny Smith until some months ago. Our communications have always been warm. I, I went to Israel for the paper during the uh, during the war between Israel and Hamas, and uh, I said I wouldn't be in touch because I, I was going away. And he said, "Well, be careful. It's very very dangerous out there." I thought, well, that's sort of quite a Quite, quite a touching comment from someone facing uh, what he's facing. I certainly think he's someone who is not the same person he was as a, as a much younger man. I mean, I'm certainly not the same person I was when I was, was 21, 22 years old. Uh, is the legal system there to, to reform people and to, to make people better people? I, I, I guess in many ways it is. Uh, but he'll never have the chance to, to show that he is that kind of person. Um, I think that after such a long time, I can't really see what's served by uh, carrying out an execution in this case, certainly at a second attempt to, to kill him. So, yeah, I think that it will be a, a, a sad day for not just Kenny and his family, but also for the justice system. It really is a sort of you know, society giving up on, uh, on one of its people. I can't say I don't believe an eye for an eye. You know, if somebody wronged me, if somebody killed my mama, I won't. I'd be out for blood, probably. But I don't agree with uh, putting a man in prison for three and a half decades and then torturing a man and then putting him back in a cell. And a year later, let's try it again. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. With me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Alistair Dorber, Washington correspondent for The Times and Sunday Times. You can find all of Alistair's work from America at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer today was Olivia Case. The executive producers are Kate Ford and Fiona Leach. And sound design was by Mao Lissetto. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.